The Intrafish podcast is brought to you by DSM Animal Nutrition and Health, accelerating sustainable and profitable aquaculture. dive in we've got a lot of news to talk about this week uh we're actually going to focus mainly on one uh bit of news that that uh, broke out of the united kingdom now tesco which is the largest retailer in the uk and one of the largest in the world uh has been operating like so many of the retailers around the world uh fresh fish counters so most of everybody listening i'm sure has walked into a grocery store that has a beautiful display of fresh fish uh, sitting there on ice. Sometimes it's it's a centerpiece. Um, certainly in stores in Europe, you'll see this. In France, is kind of notorious for this. Uh, they'll have beautiful, a huge variety of fish laying out there, and it kind of expresses, I think, sort of. Um, the abundance of the the options that a, a, a that a store has, um, I think it it has a an effect on other products um, that are being sold around it, um, and and it's in general been kind of at least over the course of the last twenty years that I've been writing about seafood, it's been one of the keys for promoting uh, sustainability for. Uh, getting consumers to try different fish, um, using uh, for for marketing agencies to to um, to promote whether it's Norway or Alaska or whatever it might be. It's it's been very pivotal pivotal, and that's why it was interesting news to hear this week that Tesco was closing all of its fish counters. Now, the rationale for it was that there was simply no demand. People just don't really go up and buy from the fresh fish counter they said so uh tesco now it's it's doing some cost cutting uh like so many companies it's uh pulling things back in so they were cutting 1.5 billion pounds as part of this effort it's about two billion dollars uh and this was just one of the casualties they just said you know we're uh we're, we're closing them all down they they closed down 300 just over 300 counters um, I believe over the course of the pandemic already, it was last year actually, um, and then uh, shutting 280 remaining counters uh, for good on February 26th. So just a couple weeks to go out there and enjoy your Tesco fresh fish counter for those of you in the UK. So John, let's start talking about this. Why does this matter? Well, let's see. That's a that's a big question. Uh, right off the bat, it matters because we already know we have a protein in seafood that has generally weak uh, per capita consumption in the U.S. and in parts of Europe, it's actually on the decline. So. The reason I bring that up is because seafood needs all the help it can get, in my opinion, 
um, to break through to consumers. Consumers generally, as we know, very familiar with chicken and hamburger and beef, yada, yada. Seafood has always been the mystery, you know. Now, COVID helped a lot because people couldn't go to restaurants and presumably they learned how to cook seafood at home or at least became a little more uh, fluent in it. And we saw sales rise. Um, But, you know, I think people, consumers, when they look at seafood, they're still not sure what to do. So uh, a seafood case, a fresh seafood case with uh, knowledgeable labor behind the counter can really help people get comfortable with it, can introduce them perhaps to new species, um, and, you know, in the end could make them uh, larger seafood consumers, uh, uh, more frequent seafood consumers. So losing these... um, you know, you lose that point of contact. You you lose that direct face-to-face. Now, you know, yes, Tesco closed these down. These were the last remaining ones. There were like 270, and, you know, they shut those. They're shutting those down. But Asda, Sainsbury's, uh, they've closed their cases too. And a lot of, um, a lot of stores, if not all, And this is something that, you know, so many trends that we're developing were accelerated during COVID. This is one of them. I mean, when COVID, I think you'll all remember when COVID first hit, the deli and the seafood and the meat uh, counters were all shut down and the labor was uh, used to stock shelves because people were, you know, grabbing their toilet paper and everything else at such a clip, they couldn't even keep the shelves stocked. So... Um, I imagine, you know, if I'm in, I'm in the accounting department at at the grocery store and I see, yeah, well, we shut it down for three weeks, but we saved a hell of a lot of money. We actually saved more than we would have, um, sold. I I don't know that uh, that's true, but I think that calculus is definitely part of it. Now, I wonder who loses from from these, uh, John, because what's, we were talking about this earlier in our, our news meeting. Um, there's obviously winners or people that have put effort and money into uh, skin packs in particular, vac packs in general, but skin packs in particular, I'd argue. Um, but then, you know, there are, I think, smaller, uh, more regional suppliers, maybe supplying more local seafood. I think, you know, I think they're kind of, unfortunately, the ones that will bear the brunt of this. Is there... Um, if you give any thought to who you think is the loser on this and when you have uh, stores shutting down their, their fresh fish counters. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, like where I am, you'll see Pacific seafood trucks at the back of a lot of grocery stores uh, that have fresh counters. So, you know, somebody who's used to that business being regular if if the if the counter were to shut down obviously that would they would presumably lose out or have to pivot to some tray pack or something like grab and go like that um i think you know as we've seen since COVID, a lot of this uh uh 
ready to eat, you know, grab and go stuff has has developed and you see more of it in the stores, even if they do have a fresh case with the idea that, you know, consumers can just grab it. They don't have to interact if they don't want to. But, you know, in the end, if if that's the way it goes, I think the real loser is the consumer, because one thing I'm watching in my area is while they have a grab and go tray packed area, um, the variety is is small. Like there's salmon, of course, there's shrimp, of course, occasionally there might be some crab in there, uh, some white fish maybe, but you know, it's, it's limited. And I think, I think that's a, a side effect of all this. And it's a pretty serious one because, um, variety tends to be our strong suit, uh, when it comes to seafood versus chicken and, and beef and stuff, but that you know that gets lost a little bit so i think i'm going to take the other side on this one because you know if we look at some of the growth that we've seen in salmon because i mean there's no question salmon has has figured something out um and i would say that one of the things that have helped it jump to that next level has been uh as i said skin pack um consumers can just pick up a pack they know how much to uh, how much they need to feed uh, to feed themselves or them and their partners or you know their family or whatever um, and there's a lot of ways that you can communicate to the consumer directly there on the pack without them having to interact with the seafood counter uh, person which for better for worse but um, I think you could say that 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 change of offering something to consumers that is very, as you said before, grab and go. It's a simple. It's a, it's a simpler choice, I would say, because maybe that choice that you're talking about is um, something that. Um, maybe holding consumers back from making the the choice to get seafood. Um, But I actually think that if there is more pre-packed fish, and if it were sitting not too far away from the pre-packed chicken or the pre-packed pork or beef, I think there might be some real success in there. And maybe it's a species thing. Maybe it's just that it needs to be salmon and you know, a, fo- a whitefish, a cod, or something like that. But, um, you know, and, and maybe that's just part of where we're heading anyway. Maybe that's part of this trend is the reduction of the variety of species that consumers are willing to go for. But I don't know. I mean, I, I there's a lot of reasons why, uh, why fresh fish counters are probably going away, shrink. Um, so the amount of loss, the amount of wasted food, um, that, uh, that they suffer from, from fresh fish counters. I don't know. I mean, I, I would argue that there, that this could actually be a positive trend, um, maybe an inevitable trend as well, but I can see some positives here for how the industry could communicate to consumers, uh, to get more people to pick up those products. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, in the U.S., I don't know that cases are going away. Yes, some were shuttered temporarily during COVID. I think most have opened. But, um, you know, we posted this story on LinkedIn and Anne-Marie Rorink from uh, uh, 210 Analytics. Uh, she commented on it. And the first part of her comment was, um, and I'm just going to read the first sentence here. It seems like every week I get calls from retailers about whether or not to keep the full service counters in the areas of meat, seafood, and deli. So, uh, you know, Anne-Marie obviously deals with a lot of retailers. That's her expertise. And and she's hearing it from not just seafood, meat and deli. And, um there's a lot of cost in there and you're right i mean the shrink alone in seafood has always been you know a problem and and for those who don't know shrink is if you know you put something out in the case it doesn't sell in the in the time it's it needs to then you know you can't sell it so you, you have to bite it more or less right so but your idea i wanted to, you, you just sparked an idea in my head, like you really don't see seafood tray packed, grab and go seafood merchandised right in with chicken and beef. You you see the chicken and the beef in in the cold case, you know, and it's brand. A lot of it's branded. Seafood is not. Uh, a lot of it's branded, and you can just go grab you know the pound of steak or whatever whatever you want, right? You don't see seafood in that environment. It's always over to the side somewhere. Even if there isn't a fresh case, it has its own little domain. And I, I didn't, I didn't think about that till you said that. But I wonder what. And I'm sure somebody's doing it. So if they are, please hit me up. And let me know. But I wonder what would happen if you mingled seafood in with. Um, beef and chicken in a way that you know people are, are very accustomed to buying their food that way. I, I don't think a lot of people buy their beef and chicken out of a fresh case, although fresh cases are there. I think m most are comfortable just grabbing a pound of hamburger out of the you know the cold case and and you know chicken thighs or whatever the hell it is. So. Yeah, so that's kind of an interesting thing I had not thought about. Well, I think, again, the more that you can take out thinking out of the process, and I think that's what probably the seafood industry, uh, well, what people have done with some of the skin pack and value-added efforts, but even more so, if you can take out the thinking, if it's a matter of, uh, salmon, or again, we could say any species, but salmon's best suited because of uh, because of uh, the consistency that can be delivered, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All the things we already know about salmon. So that's my proxy uh, that I'm using yeah. for, for all species. But if you had a fish, uh, white fish, salmon, whatever, sitting right next to chicken and uh, beef, and you didn't have to think about it, you could have just a brief explanation of what it was, I do think more people would make that jump because I think, again, the fish counter, um, I think people are getting more and more used to frictionless shopping. Now, sadly, that can be kind of antisocial too, right? But we can't really lament for times gone by because there are no more, or very, very few 
um, kind of straight fishmonger shops that you go to um, where you would have some expert that you could ask questions. I mean, the reality is, is that you, you don't in most retail stores, even with fresh fish counters, have, uh, have people behind the counter that know the kinds of questions I think that people are going to ask. Um, and, or at least it would cost a lot of money to educate them. And I, I think that people really want to go online, uh, do a little quick search, and either purchase it directly there on their phone, or just go into a store, grab it, and go. I don't think, I think there is an intimidation factor of looking at those, looking at that fish. What do I want to choose first off? What species? There's different kinds of species. How much do I need? Um, is it sustainable? Blah, 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 blah. You know, all these well, questions that consumers are have on their minds. If you could take that away and somehow communicate that on the package, make it simple, people take it and go. I think that's yeah, a good thing. Yeah, but, but see, I think you just argued for a, a service case because that's the exact problem. You're you're never going to be able to get the package to do the work that a well-informed... Now, granted, the labor has to be well-informed. They have to know what they're talking about. It can't just be Sammy from you know the diaper aisle. It's, it's got to be somebody who knows seafood and is prepared to talk it and sell it they have to be salespeople too because you know you just pointed out there okay uh how do i cook it da, da, da. you got to be able to inform them but encourage them and get them motivated to buy it so the person behind the counter or persons is is critical but i think what you just argued for is somebody there and to do just that, to educate them, to talk them into the purchase, so to speak, if they're reluctant. And um, you're not going to do that with just, you know, passive packaged product. Ooh, that was three Ps. That was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I I personally like seafood counters. Of course, this is what I spent my career doing writing about this so it makes sense but in the town i live which is 60 percent retirees the uh, the seafood counter at the qfc which is a kroger um a band brand um is always busy always busy and they're generally older folks so you've got a demographic thing in here which you pointed to you've got newer consumers who don't mind buying online or getting it delivered, don't necessarily need to go and see it and touch it and talk about it and all. You got an older demographic, the boomers, who are giving way, obviously, to the younger um, demographic. I think they're fine with it. I, I, I think, hey, you know, works for us and whatever. Um, so you know demographics are going to play a part in this and there's you know we can't fool ourselves about that obviously yeah i mean it's interesting the um uh the global seafood markets conference that you attended some of the presentations on salmon were i think pretty telling too about as you just said what you what you will need to do to sell uh seafood and again, I think salmon is the best example for, it's the canary in the coal mine, so to speak. 
uh, for how other products need to, to be thinking. Um, and you have a lot of younger millennials uh, that are driving sales of salmon. Um, and that, I think, is really interesting. I think there was a decline in the percentage of buyers um, among almost all groups, interestingly enough. Um, but you look at the, uh, the one that's uh, actually spending the most, willing to spend more in dollar sales percentage, and it's the younger millennials. So they're pretty price, uh, you know, there's a lot of price plasticity there in terms of how they think of their, uh, of their seafood. So I can see, based on how a younger generation is using uh, e-commerce uh, based on how they are seeing self-service as something that is just um, part of the shopping experience. I can see how the seafood counter is, you know, again, I think the, the what you're describing, um, I think comes from, you know, a generation that knows more about fish and you know, understands it a bit more, um, maybe has a little bit more, dare I say, adventurous, well, I don't want to say adventurous, but maybe a more, um, a higher tolerance for different kinds of tastes, where I think that, again, when you look at the seafood that's really excelling or doing better, it's the seafood that's not, you're not seeing oily fish, for example, making a big boom. So I don't think that, I mean, like small pelagics, right? Um, I don't think you're going to see mackerel sales jump, whether or not you have them on the counter or not, but you might see it work if you had it in prepack. So I don't know that, um, and I'm arguing against myself, but that's okay. Um, I don't know that it's <laughs> definitely, um, that it's a lot, that it's a, a huge loss for, um, for every species except salmon, shrimp, and whitefish. Um, I think there's opportunities there for how you can present and communicate with consumers about how to eat that fish too. So that I think is one thing as well that's difficult. You, you look at say chicken or beef, you already kind of know what you can do with that. You can put it on a grill, you can put it in tacos, you can do teriyaki. There's like, there's a few things that you can do consistently with those foods very, very quickly. Um, seafood nobody really knows how easy and quick it is to to make some of that uh you know some of some of the meals out of seafood exactly why we need the the counters because <laughs> you know what what if you had a uh you know at the grocery store it was tuesday uh seafood taco tuesday night and the whole the whole case that night not the whole case but there was a whole effort that night to um offer it probably be a white fish of some sort maybe cod or something uh less um but um the whole thing would be built around making ta seafood tacos that night because taco tuesday is common uh, you know um i mean it, it takes a lot of energy a lot of investment and sharp people as we've said already so the question for retailers always will come down to is it is it making any money is am i you know am i losing money on this however many square 
foot of space, you know. Yes, it's nice to have because it, it's kind of a show-off point and it's on the perimeter and it's kind of cool. But if it's just a dog, I mean, they, how can you – you can't ask them to keep it. But when you lose it, you you talked about the younger generation not as familiar with seafood. Hell, they're never going to get any more familiar with it if, if – you know, I mean, I guess social media will – teach them everything eventually but um yeah i don't know I, I personally i i don't want to see them go here in the states um i don't want to see them done poorly either so uh there's probably maybe a culling process here where we could you know if they haven't gotten rid of the, the bad ones maybe that's uh, the way to do it i i don't know i don't know well, I appreciate the trip to the mythical fairyland where there are educated people that can be picked up off the street helping teach people how to eat seafood at retail. So, um, I don't wow. know. Okay. Well, All sorry. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Well, well, I've been thinking of that one for a minute while you've been talking. So. I mean, there, there, but, there but no, I mean, you, you, you have to, you have to, you have to, uh, agree with me on that, right? That with the labor shortage, because this isn't yes. new either, right? I mean, no. this is this is not new in terms of this. Because I, for for all the kidding, you're getting it. Uh, my kidding, you're getting it. Something which is, if a product requires that much education, uh, you know, it's going to be a huge challenge. That's why I, I think the fresh fish. I've seen more fresh fish counters that are. Um, really slim down to just a few species which looks pretty funny because they haven't actually shrunk the counters yet so yeah. there's sort of i don't know if you've seen this but um i've seen this definitely in the uk where it's this kind of biggish counter and there's one you know scottish salmon side there um but that's why i do feel there there must be a, a better way to communicate to uh, to uh, to consumers and maybe it's really that the fresh fish counter is is kind of a showpiece and just sort of an attractant, and then you move over to uh, to the prepack stuff. I don't know. Can we find that common ground, John? Is that what well? There's there's a new model out there that either we don't know about or hasn't been invented yet. That is some compromise between a full blown full service case and some sort of customer support for buying seafood and I, I don't know what that is but your your point a second ago about variety is it, it's true i mean why it this is almost self-fulfilling why are you going to have a big expensive seafood department if your variety of species now has gone from let's say 12 to let's say five i mean at some point the accountant's going to go well why are we doing this Let's put them in grab and go. There's only five that people are buying, so let's let's move on here. We, you know, so I don't know. It's it. I'm definitely gonna dig into it uh, some more over the next uh, few months and try and talk to people who are a lot a lot smarter than me and and can tell me what what might be on the horizon. But um, yeah, I'm I mean I, I'm gonna support the. Fresh fish counters, even if you turn your nose up at them. <laughs> well, I mean, so now I'll take you to to magic fairyland, okay? I mean, can't you see uh, a species like 
a mackerel or something like that, actually maybe getting a little bit better shot if there was a way, if it was pre-packed and you could say on the package, you know, great on the grill or something like that. I don't know, because it is good on the grill. But maybe no one's ever going to eat mackerel. I don't know. But how do you, you know, just getting over a couple of hurdles would be, uh, I think, all that, I mean, I think it would make such a difference. And unfortunately, I do see in many, many times that the fresh fish counter is a hurdle rather than a way to move people um, into purchasing fish. You know, you do see a lot of people kind of wander, hanging back, and then sort of want, you know, drifting off. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, well, I, I at John's know. Fish Counter, we're very nice, and we invite people to come in and learn about seafood. I don't know what goes on at Drew's Fish Counter. but Well, no, I mean, I, you made a point about the elderly, and I think that <laughs> you have a good one. And I know that you like to spend a lot of time wandering around in stores. <laughs> But the new generation doesn't. No, I, you know, I think it's, um, I think another thing, and we've talked about this a lot, that there has to be, there has to be some question marks around handling as well here. Because, yeah, I mean, God, I mean, speaking of elderly and, and two old men, I mean, we've sit around and we've ranted for many, many years about the quality of refresh uh, fish. Now, that's when you take a frozen fish and you uh, thaw it out and then you put it on the fresh fish counter. That, to me, can be, I mean, I, I guess, and just some of the retailers I've, I've talked to, the retail buyers, they say it's a very popular way to sell things like uh, like salmon, uh, wild salmon, rather. Um, but at the same time, I, I have seen it done very poorly and... Um, you know, again, you've got to do a lot of handling uh, with a fillet uh, that's been uh, frozen. You have to uh, thaw it. You got to move it onto the counter, move it off at the end of the day. I don't know how many days you get with a fillet. Whereas, you know, again, you put it into a pack, and I think you can do some really interesting branding, and maybe you're able to utilize more of the fish because of the way that you can cut it. And possibly get around some of the um, aesthetic issues, which with frozen fish, for example, gaping can be a huge issue. Um, and it can just make a fish look very unattractive. And that, that I think, with pre-packing and skin packing, you can get around that a little bit. But I don't know if you see that, you know, that, that fresh fish counters, do you think they're sort of a hindrance in some ways for some species? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, it's uh, it's you touch on the quality part, and that that's part and parcel of a good fish counter. You got to have the right people. You got to they got to know how to handle the fish. They got to bring good fish in uh, from the get go, so they have to have a good supplier. Um, and I think that's all part of it. And yes, I think you you know just because you have a fresh fish counter doesn't mean you're you're not going to get a crappy piece of fish from it, you know, and I, you know, I don't want anybody to think that I don't, I don't, uh, agree with the, this development of trade pack grab and go stuff. I think it's fabulous because, you know, some people know what they want and they just want to grab, you know, 10 ounces of salmon and, and hit the door, you know, I, I, I think there's room for both, but you know, as time goes on that, that may not be the case. It's it's tough to tell. 
I think we've done a good job equally upsetting 50% of our audience. So that's good. Yay. I think we did a good job. I think you upset half, I upset half, then we've done our job. That's what we, we hope to do. Um, well, I'm glad we're talking about uh, about the downstream and the, the market side of things. Um, John, you have a new newsletter coming out uh, that will be launching this month. Uh, tell uh, uh, the listeners a little bit about what it's going to be. We'll have information on intrafish.com all about it. Um, but John, tell us a bit about what areas of coverage you're going to be looking at and kind of what we'll be diving into deeper for our, our readers on Intrafish in the, in the coming months. Yeah, we're, we're going to, uh, the, the newsletter is going to focus uh, on, you know, I would say simple terms, the consumer side of seafood. And by that, I mean, you know, diving deeper into food service um, companies and retailers to get a better handle on what they're doing, um, some developments they're seeing, trends, those types of things. Because ultimately, you know, you're all producing food and uh, food stops at the consumer. And we have to we have to have a really good understanding of what they're doing. And there's a lot of information out there that I think doesn't see the light of day. So um, we're definitely going to um, steer in that direction. We're also going to um, spend some time on the emerging alternative seafood space because um, it's it's developing. It's not going away, and it is going to play a role as we go forward, especially with younger consumers, as we've been talking about. You know, plant-based, cell-cultured. These are all um, these are all things that are not going away. So you can't put your head in the sand. You have to understand what is going on there, what they're doing, what their plans are. And um, yeah, I, I think in a nutshell, that's kind of where we're going to steer this thing. And I'm hoping it'll be uh, really excellent. John's been writing about the downstream and consumer trends for a long, long time. And that's just one of the things, John, of course, that kind of prompted us to launch it is that there's always so much interest and so many questions about how all this end of the market works and so um so i'm really excited to read it and uh and you'll be able to find it you'll get an email subscribers will get an email uh offering them to sign up for it and then uh also all over intrafish.com you get plenty of uh plenty of promos and we'll make sure and mention it on linkedin as well so you can go sign up for what is being called the wave newsletter so look out for that. All right. Uh, one other thing to highlight. Uh, it is, well, you know, it's actually just right around the corner in Boston uh, next month. Uh, it's going to be great to see everybody there. We will be there. Um, and then March 13th, we have uh, an event called Leadership Breakfast is there. You can also find that on our site. You can see that there's ways to go access it. Uh, sign up there. But you can also go to intrafishevents.com well as see the speakers and some of what we have planned for that and future events and you can look at information on past events as well so we are looking forward to seeing everybody in boston all right thanks folks we'll talk to you next time
The Intrafish podcast is brought to you by DSM Animal Nutrition and Health, accelerating sustainable and profitable aquaculture.